This is the Global Service Associates Podcast, and I'm your host, Andy McCullough. great opportunity this morning to hear from two of our members and you know it's, it's unique I, I I don't know about you I, I grew up reading a lot of missionary biographies and especially when I was preparing to go to East Asia I'd read a lot of those who had served in that country so you know people like Hudson Taylor, James Frazier, Isabel Kuhn uh, and so many others go, uh, go forth of China and I feel like I'm in the presence right now of two of those kind of missionaries who pioneered and went before us. And so I, I'm just really blessed. We're, we're here with uh, Paul and Jeannie McKean. And uh, so good morning, Paul. Good morning. Jeannie. Good morning. And you're, you're in right now, you're in Johnson City, Tennessee. That's right. Correct. Right. Yeah. So if people know, I know that it's like East Tennessee State. Is it university? Right. Um, right. So it's, it's in the Appalachian Mountains, right? Right. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, but so, yeah, we're, so, we're so close that we go can get into Virginia and North Carolina within a few minutes. Wow. So you're That's, right there where it all in the tip, kind of in the comes tip. together. Yeah. Right. It's just a beautiful part of the country. It is. It is. Have you ever ventured out on the Appalachian Trail? Yes, we have. Uh, we have, but we, have, we haven't far. done much. Not that it's... far. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So um, I grew up in North Georgia. So kind of just uh, yes. south of where you are. And uh, right. so I, know, I know that area. And uh, yeah, so um, tell, tell me a little bit before we get into your history. What, what are you doing now? I pastored 12 years prior to coming in staff with crew oh, I if I knew that. yeah and i my first month at that pastorate i had a funeral every week and i did not and i had a wife who had gone to with her dad to people's homes where someone had died mm -hmm. and she said well i think we ought to write, read psalm 91 oh because mm -hmm. it, it's the first funeral I said I don't know what to do mm -hmm. I'd had training in in mm. seminary but you know it just <laughs> it uh, always give you training of how to deal with certain things that yeah really yeah and so we went and and it was an older I think 98 year old man uh, so it wasn't yeah. kind of the stress of somebody dying young uh -huh. and uh, so we went and i read Psalm 91 and mm. did my best to kind of fumble through that. <laughs> and, and so that began our, our ministry like this to go and realize that people soon after this person has died, go on with life. Mm -hmm. And they think, and they don't want to talk to people about dying. Mm. 
And I thought, you know, when they need to know someone cares is maybe a month into their loved one's death. Yeah. And so we started that. And we have now over 65 people, 66, I think, uh -huh. uh, who have lost a mate okay. or a close friend. And wow. these are <clears throat> family. Uh -huh. family, friends, staff, and people that have been in our projects over the mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. And we know them personally. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so calling them has not been uh, really unusual for them to hear from us. Mm -hmm. But the fact that somebody cares and keeps calling and keeps sending them notes and, and finding out what they can how they're doing and where the struggles are and listening, you know, and talking to them about their loved ones, because mm -hmm. many people after the person's died, they're afraid to bring it up because it make them feel sad. Well, they're feeling sad all the time, mm -hmm. you know, and mm -hmm. we forget that because our life isn't very involved. And mm -hmm. so we're taking with intention, reality, the fact of <clears throat> these people need someone to care and be concerned about them because they're kind of a lost group of people. They, they don't fit. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> well, before you go on, I just want to say thank you. I think that's just an incredible role of pastoring people. And, right. and, and we all face it. We all face losing some loved. And I, I always, always say that when Paul wrote about the sting of death, Yes. For those who are left behind, feel the sting. Right. That's we right. Really, we really feel the loss. And <clears throat> when you lose someone, that you, whether it's a parent or a spouse. And um, what a great ministry. And I agree. With, I think it's missing. You know, we've, we've kind of gone the way of the power of the pulpit and, and you know, doing the presentation and, and the Sunday morning worship and not really it's being present with people at, at, at really painful times in their life. And just so thank you for doing that. Uh, and I'm sure each of those people, it's, it's amazing to have you come alongside and, well, and, I, yeah, and be with just them while they grieve. Yeah. Go yeah. Ahead. Just yesterday, someone mm -hmm. talked to us about this, a gal that we have kind of, mothered along in her mm -hmm. life because her parents were divorced and I found out that her mother had died and mm -hmm. I didn't know it so I called her and it was just so amazing it's been a while since her mother died and I didn't know it and she just needed someone to talk to about it mm -hmm. that knew her and knew her mother and she said just to have you talk to me even though it's been back a ways I'm still dealing with it. And right. she said, and people forget that. And yeah. it's been, it's been really hard, especially recently, because I know we're coming up on a, an anniversary. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. I thought, oh, thank you, Lord, because, you know, we, this gal has meant a lot to us, but I just didn't know the situation. Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. said, oh, I forgot that I needed to let you guys know right away. Because we were involved with their parents before mm -hmm. they were divorced and then mm -hmm. during the divorce. So mm -hmm. it was, again, it was reaffirming to me that this is where God has us. And I got, I've been thinking about the last few hours that since I talked to her 
And I thought, you know, this is so different than what our ministry was before and our life. And I'm thinking, how did we do this? And I thought, (laughs) well, we were just saying, Lord, okay, this is a new season. How do you want to use us? Mm -hmm. And I would never have thought this would be the direction. But God has given us such a ministry to people. And then what she hasn't remembered or associated this. My best friend, a guy by the name of Dick Lindsay, mm-hmm. he was my college roommate. Right. And he was engaged to this gal. And I said, Dick, she is terrible. You do not <laughs> want to marry her. And so, <laughs> and then at the funeral, at his memorial service, his oldest brother is still living. And he afterwards, he said, did you tell Dick that? I said, yes. She was such a, you know, loser gal. And he could do so much. I told him he could do much better. Well, he married my Jeannie's sister. Right. He married your wife's sister. Yeah. They met then he becomes your brother-in-law. Yeah, <laughs> right. And so anyway, we uh, we've been really close. All well, I'm, I'm glad that that was who you told him when because I, I knew the story that he became your brother-in-law. I was like, wait a minute. Did you tell him that Jeannie's sister was a lizard? <laughs> no, 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 they, no. It was it was someone else that. He yeah, right. He steered him on the right path. Yeah. But his brother said my my dad hated her. My <laughs> mother hated her and you told him this i said yeah yeah because we were he was at our wedding and he was best man and he met my sister and she was going with somebody else and a year later they got married so yeah but but then fast forward his neighbor had asked it we had had an extreme cold spell right and um he the the neighbor had called and said and because he had built a house for his mom next Mm -hmm. door to his Mm -hmm. house Mm -hmm. and so dick went up there and long and short dick fell into a a a, a ditch that they had dug to get to the uh well right and uh dick's a plumber and Anyway, he fell into the ditch and burned to death. And that's all we know. We don't know details. Or, yeah. And so he, ha- and then we were at my son's house and he gets a call from, she gets a call from her sister and said, Dick just was died in a fire. And, uh, you know, and it, it had just happened. Yeah. And Wait, I that, said, was that Dick last Lindsay? No, well, well December, yeah, this, 28th. December 28th of 21? Yeah. Two. 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 Yes. Okay. This past. So, so anyway, then. Then. It just made I, it so much I, more know, real know, to I, us. I couldn't believe Dick was gone. And yeah, it was so you, a yeah, hard I, thing way he had died. Right. So, yes. Terrible. And so really, you're ministering to people but you're also, you can empathize because you yes, right. that pain, losing right. a best friend, and, and, a roommate, a brother-in-law. You're, 
your Jeannie's sister's husband. And, this. and it's been neat to see how <clears throat> we've learned so much from her. As mm. she said, the first thing both of us said, but this must have been the schedule of his day. And mm. then we together repeated one uh, Psalm 139.16, before I was born, God scheduled every day of my life mm. and recorded it in his book. And mm. she said, if it hadn't been this way, he would have died somewhere, maybe even in his sleep tonight, because this was the day he, he was scheduled. Mm. And mm. she said, and I can accept that, because if I believe God's word, mm. then I have to believe this was what, the, what was to happen today. And so it's been, for us, it's been helping us to really minister to other people that, mm -hmm. you know, we don't understand some of those, but God has a plan mm -hmm. and it's always good. And he's going to use you greatly. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's our ministry now. Wow. That's great. Thank you again. Thank you so much for, for what you're doing. And um, there, there's so many people, you know, and I know a lot of our members who, <clears throat> um, have lost, you know, parents or mm. um, people that they're significant in their life and they children, you know, and yes. it's just, mm. it's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pain and grief. Yes. So walk, there is. With, walk with people. I, I think that's the way of Jesus, right? You know, he's, he was a man of sorrows acquainted with much mm -hmm. grief and you, you see how he encountered people who are in pain with whether it's yes. sickness or, or death and, and the way he healed them. I'm reading a book by um, mm -hmm. Lucado and yeah. it's following the steps of the savior mm -hmm. and seeing how so many times he said, we're going off by ourselves, or we will be going on and somebody will come up because they're in pain and hurting. And Jesus with his compassion stops even though he's interrupted yeah. what he had suggested or thought yeah. they were going to be doing and he healed them he touched them he heard their heart yeah he's not <laughs> he's not disturbed that he's interrupted like no I no often yes <laughs> <laughs> like why are you bothering me i've got this path I'm doing. Yeah. i have uh, a plan oh <laughs> uh, no yeah wow well hey so you mentioned this before Jeannie, this is not what you envisioned. And Paul talked about how um, your father was a missionary in China. And just maybe tell me, a, tell us a little bit more about that. Jeannie, were you born in China or did you? I was. I was born were? on the Tibetan border in okay. Lanzhou. And wow. uh, my parents were missionaries in Tibet. <clears throat> at that time, the border of Tibet was right there at Lanzhou. And mother came down and she was a nurse. So she, the, she had lost a child, uh, stillborn in Lanjo, I mean, in Tibet before. So when she got pregnant, she came down <clears throat> to Lanjo and worked in a hospital. Okay. And uh, until I was born, dad came down later uh, to be there when I was born. And um, I was three and a half pounds. <laughs> And uh, my, my dad is a big guy and yeah. was a big guy. And he said, your hand, your head was at my fingers. Your feet was at my, my wrist. Oh and my he gosh. said, I could hold you in my hand. 
And he said, we were just so scared. And um, yeah, Paul kept saying, how did you know that it was okay to take her back? And he said, oh, we just kept kind of pinching her skin and see if there was a little bit more flesh (laughs) on it. (laughs) And mother was a nurse. And so she was obviously very careful. And I went back up into the mountains. We went back when I was three and a half weeks old in December. And it was going to uh, 14,000 feet. (laughs) And it took them a long time because they would zigzag along the mountain edge so that they could, you know, you could get the altitude into your body. You didn't have altitude sickness pills or anything like that, like we do now. And um, they'd stop along the way. Mother couldn't nurse me. And so they would... uh, buy some goat milk from the villagers and feed me with an eyedropper. And <clears throat> my dad had this great big Tibetan coat and I would, <laughs> he had me sleeping in his Tibetan coat on his arm. So his body heat and the coat would keep me warm. And then he, when he got tired, <clears throat> he was afraid that he would um, fall, asleep. fall asleep on me. So oh, he would go ahead and they put me in a wicker basket on the side of the donkey. the donkeys oh that were carrying a basket goodness. and in straw and keep me warm until by the body heat of the donkeys until he would wake up and then he'd carry me again. And <clears throat> that was how I started life. And God <laughs> obviously had something for me because yeah. um I am alive at 81 and um, strong. So, you know, God can take care of us no Mm -hmm. matter where we are Mm -hmm. uh, because he scheduled our days and he knows what we need to do. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning of, I lived in China until I was eight. Okay. And um, almost my ninth birthday. And uh, so China has been in my blood on my life and Mm -hmm. that's my homeland um Mm -hmm. i love the people i love the Mm -hmm. countryside i love um being there and when we fly Mm -hmm. in and we've Mm -hmm. flown in near 70 times um (laughs) it you know i'm i'm going home yeah and it's it's a different feeling and uh, when i when we people will all the customs people will say you were born in China. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's like, true. You made a mistake. You made a mistake on this paper. No, I was born in China. Wow. And so it it's been, but it's it's so my heart has always been that way. And when I met Paul in, in college of uh, beginning of our freshman year, uh-huh. um, we on Fridays we had a prayer group that you'd go to and you know, I never even thought about it. Of course, I'm going to China prayer group. <laughs> and there was, there was a, just a few. And we had, we were in all, every class together because it was a small uh, college. And his name was McKean and mine was Murray. So okay. we often sat close to each other because everything was alphabetized. You know, you uh-huh. sat in order. Uh-huh. And so either I was sitting next to him or close. Yeah. And right. uh, so we were in every class together and it was like, oh my goodness, that guy's in this class, every class with me. 
How fun. <laughs> so I asked him, I asked him then, where did you go to Perban today? And he goes, oh, Africa. Everybody goes to Africa. Where'd you go? And I said, China. He said, how many was there? And I said, six. He said, oh, we had a huge group. I said, well, people need to pray for China. It's closed. And <laughs> then the story came out about my life. And uh-huh. as of, you know, and he, then the first time my freshman year, dad came through on a trip to a conference and he took us up, took me out to dinner. And I said, well, I'd like to have somebody else come. We'd uh, like you to meet a guy. And <laughs> so he took us, of course, to a Chinese restaurant. He told, he told Paul, well, Paul, if you're going to be part of this family in any way, shape or form, you've got to eat with chopsticks. Right. You're, you're not going to use the silverware. So <laughs> that was how he got introduced to our family. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And we have had in our life uh, a vision for the world. Mm-hmm. My my dad was a uh, a lay preacher. Okay. But he was the pastor. Right. And uh, so I went to a. I was going to. I had an appointment to West Point, but my. Hmm. Um, I didn't pass my eye exam. My eyes are terrible. So <laughs> anyway. Uh, the guy said, you know, I'm sorry, but uh, you can't be accepted into West Point uh, mm-hmm. with your eyes. So there I am in the middle of the summer, planning on going to West Point. And a friend of my dad said, uh, oh, I'm going to Nyack College. I said, Nyack College? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's just south of West Point, actually. Right. And um, on the Hudson River. And so he took me up there. I said, well, I haven't even, you know, applied. So I, I had a 4.0 in high school, so they accepted me. But um, <laughs> he took me to, to Nyack and I, uh, and, and his brother or his, one of his nephews had a job uh, working on, on an estate on the Hudson and he got me a job. So until school started, I worked at this estate, and uh, that began our career and our focus. It was called at the time it was called Nyack Missionary College. Mm-hmm. Well, no one wanted to use that word after a while, <laughs> so it became Nyack College, mm-hmm. and uh, now it is Alliance. University. Okay. So we are alumni of a university. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but we, uh, we've been in ministry since 59. Wow. And uh, we ministered together. And uh, first assignment, they came to us, you had a Christian service assignment. Every weekend. Every weekend. In your freshman year. Yeah. So they said, uh, would you be willing to go into Chinatown in New York City and uh, teach Sunday school there? And we said, yeah, why not? And I had an old DeSoto. <laughs> and, it, and they didn't have a car 
to drive in. So I said, well, you can use my car. So we drove into Manhattan every Sunday after church. And uh, we had I had a Sunday school class and we were on the seventh floor of this, I guess, uh, office building mm-hmm. and Manhattan. Uh, to, in Manhattan mm-hmm. and taught Sunday school. And one Sunday or one uh, weekend, I said, you know, I don't think these kids have ever been outside the city. And we uh, lived near Big Bear Park Park in uh, in New York, New York yeah. upstate New York. Right. And so, so I took yeah. these kids and I shared the gospel with them and I never heard them respond or, you know, I didn't push them. Yeah. And uh, then later, I uh, spoke at a church in Manhattan, and I found out a Chinese church. Uh-huh. And I found one of these uh, guys was uh, in the in the on their board, and spoke English as well as Chinese. Uh-huh. And um, I was trying to think of his name. Anyway. Uh, I said, what do you remember about when I came to Nyack? He said, well, I remember you were from Texas. Mm -hmm. I remember you wore a cowboy hat and had a, (laughs) and had jeans and a belt buckle that was, you know, Texas type belt buckle. (laughs) And I remember you were very tall. (laughs) And and he was tall. He was a little kid. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. Because he was a little kid. And he's now 6'10". <laughs> and uh, so he uh, he said, I don't know whether we ever told you, but I came to Christ because of you. Wow. Because wow. when you shared the gospel with us in, when, we, when you took us out of the city, uh-huh. all of us committed our lives to Christ. There oh, were man. six or seven. I mean, it wasn't a lot of people. Still. But... Uh, and all of us committed to go to Nyack. Now I don't know whether they went or not, but they were they were in that area and yeah. could have. Yeah. So um, that was the beginning of our ministry to to then kids. Yeah. But Chinese kids. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was during that time that God started to work on Paul's life because I had always thought that I would go back because I remember when I left as a kid, we had uh, we had to leave because the communists were coming right. and all women and children had to be out by October 1 of uh, 49. And so um, I can remember telling my, our cook who was a real good friend of mine. She was an uh, older teenager, but she and I became good friends. And I told her someday I will come back. So that always was burned in my heart. But Paul wasn't interested in going overseas. He (laughs) wanted to stay in the United States. And I just had to pray and say, Lord, if you want me to marry him, I will. But you're going to have to do something with his heart because I believe God wants to have us involved. And as a result, you know, uh, Paul is a project person and he 
one of the things he did was take on internet uh, U.S. projects along with being campus uh, area leader. And then he he was asked to, would you consider international projects? And this and with Campus Crusade for Christ. With right. Campus yeah. Crusade. And uh -huh. so it was like, oh my goodness, you know, God is doing something, but he still hasn't gone. Mm -hmm. And um, I, Roger Randall. So you, were, you were just patiently praying and waiting all those years? Yeah. Yes. That had to be. Wow. It was hard. It was yeah. hard because we'd have missionary convention. And I can remember at one of them that I was in, in Connecticut. I went up to this conference with my parents. My dad was a pastor at the time. Uh -huh. And, you know, the call was, are you ready to go? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can remember saying, Lord, I'm ready. I don't know how you're going to get my husband ready, but I'm ready and I'm going. Uh -huh. But I'm going to believe that you will. And then when we went into the with crusade, Paul was asked if he would go and take uh, a person's place speaking. Roger Randall was going to be speaking in mm -hmm. um, Singapore. Singapore and he wasn't able to go. And Paul, yeah. would you go? And it was like, he said, sure, I'll do it. And then he said, you got to raise your money. And he mm -hmm. goes, oh, okay. And so the Lord raised it amazingly over mm -hmm. a couple of phone calls and he was on the plane and it was like well lord how are you going to use this so it was just you know god in time mm -hmm. took him in well, and, a step at a time and when i was a kid uh i went to a camp and uh, one of the speakers this was we were all in uh, the draft and uh, they said, the speaker said, you're going to commit two years of your life if you get called by the draft to mm -hmm. go to war. Mm -hmm. And uh, so how about committing your life to go mm -hmm. in the Lord's army? <laughs> and I had, I had gone forward and said I would go. Mm -hmm. So that plus the things that God was doing when I went to Nyack, when I wasn't going to Nyack, uh, caused for me to be willing to say yes to go. But I don't think I ever, I didn't internalize that like I should have, because I said, no, I think I'm, I want to be a professor. And so I got a scholarship to Texas Christian University. Okay. And we used to say, We'll put the C back in TCU. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. it was more Texan than Christian. Is that, that right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So uh, you were a professor there for a while. Yeah, I, I did. I, I taught in at the uh, Air Force Base okay. in Fort Worth, mm -hmm. big Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my requirements of my scholarship was teach uh, philosophy to airmen on the Air mm. Force Base. Mm. And they would get a, a degree at TCU. Oh, okay. So I, mm -hmm. I, I taught there and I realized when I got my master's degree, my head professor said, uh, 
Paul, I don't hope this will discourage you, but I don't think you ought to go for a PhD. I don't think <laughs> philosophy is in your wheelhouse. So, so um, that kind of nailed my idea to be a professor. Yeah. God had a different plan. Yeah. He did. And you know, God used an individual by the name of Dr. Harvey, who was our, the district superintendent for the Alliance churches in, in the, the Southwest. And he came to Nyack and he said to Paul, I, I'd like to encourage you to come back to Texas and take some churches. And he, Paul said, oh no, I have no interest. I'm going to be a professor. My dad was a pastor and mm -hmm. he didn't get, he didn't have any money and we were really kind of poor and I'm not going to do that to my family, whoever I marry. And uh, I, we, I'm not even sure we were married yet, but we were engaged. And he said, I'm not going to do that. And Dr. Harvey said, okay, I'll just keep praying. And all the time that he was in graduate school, whenever we'd see him because he lived nearby, he'd not say a whole lot, but he would often kind of walk behind us and said, just praying for you guys, just praying for you guys. And a church opened up and he said, the pastor has gotten an opening to go to um, Laos. Laos and I need someone to fill this this church right away would you be willing to you you've been trained you've gone to seminary right. <clears throat> would you be willing to take this and it was like so I went to Stillwater Oklahoma oh. yeah <laughs> and you know I am seeing how all through our life following God is what is important mm. and saying you will do it no matter whether you feel like it or you see the the circumstances working out i will follow you and the people that prayed behind us my parents my mother was a real prayer warrior and i knew that if there was something i needed or we needed or there was a difficulty i could call my mom and she would be praying for me and even when we were overseas as a kid, we had some had people cut praying back here that we didn't even know. But later on, we heard that they had heard that we had a need and they prayed. And so praying is so important. And I can remember when we were there, uh, in crew, Bill Bright used to say, someday I may not be able to be as active and I will just be a prayer warrior. And I thought, oh, my goodness, that sounds so Unex, unexciting and boring <laughs> yeah and i thought i cannot believe that after the kind of life he's lived so exciting and going places and doing things and now i'm seeing prayer is what it's really all about uh, be having people behind us praying uh, for us uh -huh. and keeping us mindset i have a friend i just talked to two days ago and she is saying, uh, I don't know that I want to do what my husband's talking about because I just very feel very content and my heart just broke because I, I could see how God could really use her. Mm. But she's just really happy living her nice little house and talking to her neighbors about God. And I'm thinking, but you have a chance to affect a whole community and mm. this job that he would take. Mm. And I'm thinking, if I could only help people see that we can't understand where he's leading us, 
But if we're just willing mm. to walk a step at a time, he'll take it and take us there. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That's really good. Thank you. Encouragement. Uh -huh. and, and when you, I, when you're talking about him taking you there, I, I want to kind of focus on how you got back to China or focused on China. So you were doing these international projects for Campus Crusade. And I know that you pioneered, right, the project to China. Right. Uh, that we crew would call it the Orient Express project. Right. Uh, we had to protect the name. Um, so t tell me a little bit about that. How did that come about? Um, well, I, uh, I just thought that would be cool to do that. <laughs> yeah. To, to go into enemy, enemy territory. Uh, and, and so we, um, Richard, I, I met a Chinese man uh -huh. and he had come to the Lord through a, just a very interesting, I, he was on his way to Palm Springs to give his daughter her new uh, Mustang. Okay. And his car broke down and he uh, walked off the road into the, you know, brush. And uh, the Lord spoke to him. Huh. And uh, he had heard the gospel before, but he had not, not made a decision. Uh -huh. And he made a decision. And uh, his daughter called me and uh, said, my, my father is a new believer. And he has an idea for how we could get into China. And so would you meet us at, at our church? Uh -huh. So uh, I, I talked to Bill about it, right? And he said, sure, you know, go ahead, see, see what comes of it. So uh, I went to the church and talked to this Chinese man. He's short and always wore a bowler is from his he was Hong Kong resident okay. when the British were there yeah. and uh, he he shared this this idea and God had given me the same idea but he had connections he had yeah. his his uncle had been the dean of the Beijing University uh -huh. as a uh, president okay and so he had these connections with the christian community and uh, he said if you will work with me i will connect you throughout china wow to this ag ag uh, academic community wow and now, was so this, was this in the 80s or 70s yeah 80s early 80s early 80s Okay. And we had just opened up China, you know, the government with right. Deng Xiaoping. Yeah, I had. Yeah. 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 The, Only four years we opened. Right. I mean, it, it wasn't even four yeah. years. Part right. More right. three. So we, I, I went there with him, and um, he knew people at 
Beijing University. He knew people all around the country. Uh-huh. And uh, he said, I will, I will give you names, phone numbers, and we'll see what God does with this. And we'll and did bring. Jeannie, did Jeannie go? Did you go with him? No, no. I we had kids at home, and oh, I couldn't go, and so it was just it was hard watching him go. But I, the fact that he was willing to go, and that, you know, it was an open door. It was amazing. Uh, so yeah, we get your husband the, is going to China. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. So the first day. Oh, and then I had friends. There were missionaries in Hong Kong. From college. From college. Okay. okay. And so I called them and they said, well, you can stay with us because I had, to, I had to transit through Hong Kong to fly to Singapore. Okay. So and I said, we are going to go to China. So I fly into the, after my thing in Singapore, I fly into Hong Kong and have a couple of days to transit. And I said, okay, Dave, when are we going to China? He said, we're not. <laughs> I said, we are not going to China? He said, no, it's the trade Guang, Guangzhou trade fair. And okay. you, you can't get any hotels or anything. So then someone said, well, let's go to Macau. Yeah. And go through that way. And I said, okay, can you get us there? No, but you have to take a ferry over to Macau and we'll do that. And so we did that and they told us we could sleep the night on the ferry. And uh, so I said, okay, we'll do that. Well, we get to the, there's a knock on our door at the ferry terminal. And they said, uh, you can't, we, we use this to go back to Hong Kong. You, you've got to get off. Okay. So what do we do? Well, there's a, there's a highlight. highlight game that goes till two and you can probably get a taxi and the only safe place in town is the casino. Right. So, yeah. I was about to wonder so, if you're going to end up so in you, the casino. Yeah. Right. So at the casino, we, we waited overnight. Okay. And, uh, then, then, then we were supposed to meet the uh, bus to go on this tour in the morning to China. Into China. Into, into into China. China. And it, I mean, most people probably know this, but at that time, uh, Hong Kong and Macau were not. They, they were the, both Portuguese no. and British. Right. Control. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. They were, so we right. waited overnight in, in the casino. And, yeah. And they, uh, we had some coffee. It was just obscene. Because uh, <laughs> it had been on the broiler all night, you know, <laughs> coffee machine. Anyway, we, uh, we went on this trip and we saw at the very end, we saw uh, where they had um, little kids danced for us. Oh. And I thought to myself, they look like kids from Sunday school. Mm. And someday, maybe they will hear the gospel wow. because we will bring it to them. Wow. Now, I don't know whether that ever happened, but that kind of that salted thought. in my right. mind. Right. You know, it we got brought back that. that experience you had had in Manhattan. Yeah. 
Yeah. So we uh, we came back to the states, uh, and I had asked a friend of mine, Ted Noble. Did you ever know Ted Noble? Sounds familiar, but okay. yeah, he yeah. and I, I said, okay, we can take people into China. Uh -huh. Oh, and oh, and then Dr. Bright had met with this guy that had actually arranged a, another trip to go into China. Uh -huh. And um, and I I had some short I he he had misgivings. I had misgivings about him. Yeah. And uh, he arranged the trip. We took a trip out of uh, San Francisco. San Francisco. And we flew on a charter plane that he had chartered. We uh, we had thirty kids. Okay. And uh, then there was we were uh, uh, mixed with unbelievers. Unbelievers. Oh, on this we charter come, plane. It was on this charter plane. Yeah. Okay. And and so um, and even at the school that they placed us at, part of us were were, were arc thirty, but there was altogether about eighty, and so we had fifty that were not believers. Okay. And it was just a real and of course Tension. yeah and of course yeah. we didn't we couldn't identify as believers. Yeah. And so at that careful. point for sure, and it was a really really tough year. And um, summer. So you, summer. So summer, and you went, you went in. Yeah. Jenny, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And that was the first time we went in. And Paul had had a, one of our supporters said, you know, Paul, <clears throat> if you can ever get Jeannie back in China, I will help you. And so when we found out that asked, asked if we would take this group in, Paul called him and said, hi, this is Paul <laughs> and I have a chance to get Jeannie in and we can take our family in and he said oh oh you mean well call me call, call me, me tomorrow morning yeah call me tomorrow morning. I'm not I'm not in favor of sending you and and you finding you know getting jailed in yeah. China yeah and so I called him the next morning and I said Ralph whether you support me or not we are going to China. If I have to raise it a nickel at a time. Yeah. <laughs> and so he said, well, I've thought about it overnight. And uh, if you're willing to take the risk, I'm willing to pay the $1,200 you need. So he wrote you the check. for your entire family. Yeah. Yes. Paid wow. for the entire family. Wow. And so we we took that group in and I, and I said. And that was the first summer. Right. Project. 81, yes. 81. 81. And when I went in, when we went in, we stopped at Shanghai. And I had told Paul the story of when my mom and dad, my mom and my sister and I came out I, from our town oh, on a train. When, when, they were, when you were leaving. Yes. When we were leaving. Yeah. And mm -hmm. we were coming through Hong Kong, uh, Shanghai, mm -hmm. and we were supposed to go to the um, school. A school where it was a compound it was the headquarters of China for the alliance was there in Shanghai and that's where we were supposed to leave from and so we got there and 
Um, it was after curfew and we didn't know that. We had heard the curfew would be at 11 o'clock. This got is in 41. 1941 when we left. And so uh, we got to the door to go out and mom said, just stay close to me and we'll just get a, a, a rickshaw and go to our compound. And so we went, just as we were to go to the door, a man came running through and just pushed us aside and stepped out on the uh, sidewalk and was killed in front of us. And mom grabbed us and pulled us back inside the door. And we asked somebody and they said, oh, curfew was at 10 o'clock. And now it was 10 o'clock. And we said, well, we heard it was 11. No, it's 10 o'clock. And so she just pulled us back. And at that, the Chinese, you know, you can't do anything, just lay down on the floor and sleep. So we actually had to walk across people's bodies to get to a corner that was a little empty and crouch and around her really tight. And a man came and grabbed my mom mm. and said, told her to come, come with me. And so she said, girls, stay with me. Don't let go no matter what. And so again, we walked across people's bodies to get to where this guy was taking us. And he took us to a room and put us, closed the door and said some, she couldn't recognize everything he said, but she did understand uh, tomorrow, eight o'clock. And he closed the door. And in that mother had a flashlight, she had everything in her purse and she had a flashlight and looked around and there was a desk and a straight chair and a, a couch and two armchairs. So she pushed together the armchairs and I slept on that. My sister slept on the couch. She was two years older and mother sat in the straight chair at the desk mm -hmm. and she just prayed all night. And we went ahead and slept and sure enough, eight o'clock in the morning, this guy opened up. We found out later on that he was the manager of the train station. And he, they, we had heard if we had been stayed there, we probably would have been killed because foreigners were being killed at that point. Oh my goodness. And so if we'd stayed out in the train area, it, we probably wouldn't have made it. And two days later, we'd come out on train because dad couldn't couldn't leave because he didn't want the Christians to think that he was just leaving him. So we left, but we had to wait a, a week and a half, almost two weeks. And just before we left, I remember it was a Thursday and on a Wednesday night, my dad walked into Shanghai into the compound and he had actually had to walk from our town to Shanghai he and he did from Tibet to Shanghai. No, no. At that point, he was in, oh. in a small town. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like wow. No. Okay. Well, he he no. did walk across wow. China, that, yeah. but that was earlier before I was born. Yeah. But that's another whole story. And oh. anyway, he was there overnight before we left on the on the boat, okay. and he had no idea when the boat and our boat was leaving and if we could get out. But he thought he'd at least come and find out because there's no other way to get information. Yeah. And uh, so we got on the boat and then we came home and he stayed and was got caught by the communist and was held for 11 months in house arrest. He was, he was in house arrest. And what she was about to tell you was when we came back on the train 
And we got off at Shanghai. And now this is 81. 81. 81. 40 it's years the same later. train station. So yep. same station and that room later. was still there. And the and furniture was still the there. The same furniture. Did you take a nap on that? <laughs> I didn't the take chair. a nap that time. <laughs> I just said, Paul, that's the room. That's wow, the room I stayed wow. in. It was um, just, I mean, to realize that nothing had changed in those 40 years, 40 years since I'd left. Yeah, but that was kind of our, that, that was our launch. Mm -hmm. But then in 82, we took 90 kids and staff mm -hmm. into that campus. <coughs> and we had. It's amazing. How many? Out of that, out of that 90, uh, one of our one of the staff and I sat down and had been keeping track with the people. And out of that 90, there was 73 that had returned and ministering to Chinese one way or another. Either they'd gone back full term yeah. or they'd come on to what we call bridges now, uh, right. where they were working with internationals on campus yeah. or they were in business and they were working with Chinese in their community. It was just amazing what God did when we thought, what a stupid idea, trying to <laughs> corral 90 people that you didn't want them being exposing what you were doing and that you uh, were more you, than- how do, you more, stay, how do you stay undercover with 90? Oh, it was, it, it, it was hot. Well, the, what we did was we had 10 staff. We had 10 groups and we called them units. China always does everything in units. So we had 10 yeah, units. 10. And we had nine, each unit had nine people and a staff member, and they kept track <laughs> of them. So the Chinese said, this is marvelous. You have been able to keep your people together. And, and how, and we go, you know, we've noticed that. And they said, oh, but they are so nice. They aren't like the group that was here last year. And when we had, we're all mixed, you know, yeah. and they follow the rules. I, I've noticed that. They do, don't they? You know, and and you know what we did? We decided on the last night we were there that we would have a talent show. Okay. And we had a talent show, and we we all learned the national anthem. And the last, they closed the curtains. We brought the ninety kids on stage, opened the curtains, and we sung Same. the. National Chinese, anthem the Chinese national in, in Chinese. And they were oh. so excited that they could hardly stand it and because here we had learned, and it's not a particularly easy anthem. And, <laughs> and well, it's long. It in Chinese, it was too. long. And it was so much fun to see how they had understood that there was something different about this group. And even when we <coughs> went back 10 years later for a 10 year anniversary, the mm -hmm. school was still saying, you know, that group in 1992, 82, mm -hmm. they were different. They were mm -hmm. a different group of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, we, we need more of those people, kind of people. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can find them next year, you know, yes. or the next year, bring those kind of people. Mm -hmm. and just how God opened the door as we loved them and they saw our love for them. 
Wow. So you really did this for what is it, about 15 years because mm-hmm. yeah, I, and I went I went in 90 trying to think of the summers I went 96 97 98 I think 96 was when you were transitioning right, right. yeah you're, yep. you're passing yep. the baton to someone else so mm-hmm. yes for about 15 years yes mm-hmm. Jenny you seem like you would know do you know how many people went in in those 15 years I don't but we have counted them and we know that there's been over two or three thousand over gone. two or three thousand yeah yeah, and God and, has used them, and we just pray that He is multiplying them in every corner of right. the world. Well, and you never know, too. I remember going in. <clears throat> so, I, I first, the first two summers, I was on this project, uh, Oregon Express OEX. I was in Hangzhou. Oh, oh yes. really? And then I went to Nanjing, and then I, I did a stint. I, I went on summer project. I was kind of unusual. I went on summer project, came home for a month or so, and then uh, went on stint, led a stint team, opening up a campus there, which m- it may have been open before, but it, there hadn't been a team for several years. The Nanjing Normal University. Nanjing oh, yeah. Normal. Oh, yes. Yes. And uh, just, yeah, go ahead. What were Spence is were there. Who was? Spence. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you had been there before. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. You're right. So there, there had been people before, and it was actually a missionary co- established as a missionary college. Oh really? Wow. Yeah, it was a sanctuary during when the Japanese uh, came and overtook. Nan- Nanjing was the capital then. Right. And it was a sanctuary for people to hide on the campus interesting and uh, that's 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 real interesting because our one of our granddaughters is from nanjing and we've always thought she looked like she had quite a bit of japanese in her well you never know that's right but one thing i would always do and i'm sure other people do this too but i would find out where students i met were from and i would start to dream about you know because university campus they're coming from all over Right. Yes. And I, I actually had a little map of the province and was like, mm-hmm. did I meet people from every town and could they go back? You know, mm-hmm. would they go back to their hometown and wow. take the message they heard? It was more than just the campus, right? Reaching the campus. Right. It was yes. thinking, how do, could we believe God to impact that whole province and wow. people taken back? So I, you don't know. I mean, like, think of all right. those people who came because you were faithful and kept praying and and took a chance and uh, stepped out in faith and went and led other people to go. And, how, and we had a you won't know on this side of glory. Right? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> you know? um, I want to talk a little bit about you. You pioneered this project. And you had to pass the baton. And I think a lot of our our members have launched things. And when you're the founder or the pioneer developer, whatever, how do you how do you hand it off? How do you how did you handle that in a way of like I God called me, I 
strategized. I did all these things. And now it's time to someone else right. to take over. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell the story. Okay. We had a young woman who was Holly Sheldon. You know yeah, her? No, of course I know Holly Sheldon. Yeah. Well, Holly had joined our team in in Washington State. Right. That's where you were headquartered. Then, yeah. Right then. Yeah. yeah. And they, there was a, a, a guy that came who had had business background mm -hmm. and uh, he lived across the Puget Sound. Mm -hmm. We lived across and we would commute back and forth. Mm -hmm. And so one day uh, I knew I couldn't do this anymore, mm -hmm. but Holly was smart. Mm -hmm. She knew the language. Mm -hmm. She knew it better than me. And um, I had decided I would appoint her to follow me. Mm -hmm. And this guy was determined that he would be the one to, to do this. Oh. And we, we got there early one morning yeah. to, to, to the, from the ferry. Yeah. And uh, he said, so who are you going to choose to take your place. I said, Holly Sheldon. Holly Sheldon, she's a woman. <laughs> yeah. She knows the language. She knows. Turns out the... God can use women, right? Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> and oh, he was so angry. And um, uh, he did let me out of the car. <laughs> he didn't shoot me or anything, but you know, then fast forward, we closed China at the staff training in Milwaukee this year. This year. Yeah. Or this year. year. Yeah. And so um, we had 800 former staff come to this meeting. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, I was going back to the hotel and Holly stopped me and said, I never told you this, but I was gonna leave staff because women were never appointed to anything or, you know, do anything. Do anything. And I, right. and she said, because yeah. you chose me <sighs> and believed in me, I was, committed to that ministry what i did not know at the time was this guy had left staff and i had gotten a call from isi international student yeah and uh, they said we have this guy's name as a reference and we were wondering could you confirm his what his ability, ability yeah. to lead ISI. And I said, no, yeah. I, I can't tell you why, but I just sense something about him is not right. 
And so they chose not to, you know, appoint him. Yeah. And I said, you know, you've got to make the decision. I'm, I'm not going to make that decision. But then I find out he'd been having an affair with a Chinese student. Oh my goodness! In 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 uh, across the border, Vancouver. Okay. There's a, a university there, and they were right working right. on that university. Yeah. So, um, you know, I. And then, and and then to have Holly tell me how significant that decision and now, was, and now she's one of the vice presidents of crew. She's one of the vice presidents of crew. Yeah, yeah. Wow. but wow. she was a, she was the one. Yeah, and and I would not back down, and he, boy, he was angry with me, and I said, I'm sorry, but you, you just, you and and I I just I had. I had consulted with the Lord. I really, and I was determined when he reacted the way he did. Um, you know, I just, and then to have Holly tell me that, mm -hmm. I just knew that God had mm -hmm. ordained that mm -hmm. transfer. And, and I think I was, I was that convinced back then mm -hmm. because that would have been somewhere around 96 yeah 97 mm -hmm. and uh but she was and then she had what i forget what she she has a physical MS. issue ms holly does yeah yes. oh i didn't yeah. know that. right but god has really been helping her a step at a time and able yeah. to I mean, she is brilliant and God has yeah. used her. But when God lays it on your heart, what to do, and he opens a door and closes another door, mm -hmm. you follow even though you don't quite understand. Mm -hmm. And I think that's as I've watched Paul over and over again, because he's a project man and he changes projects often and God uses him to open things up and gives him the the tenacity and the future mindset that god has something good for us mm -hmm. and i think that's what is i've watched so much that he he trusts god that he's gonna what he's done before and develop he will do it again mm -hmm. because there's people that plant and there's people that water and there's mm -hmm. people that harvest that's right and uh, he is you causes the growth That's and God causes the growth and it's not ours if we have dedicated it to him and given it to him from the beginning then it's not hard to let it go because you right. know that God's gonna not it kind of I mean face it we've had to move a lot because <laughs> we've had changes this is um uh, 41 that 42 I guess it is now of places we've called home yeah, but that's okay. You know, as we're willing to change and be molded, God can use us more. But when we say, no, I'm not going to do this because I like my comfy little place, then God will often say, okay, but I'll have to give the blessing to somebody else because you're not willing to let go. Yeah. And when we let go, God uses other people mightily. 
and gives them the opportunity. Yeah, and I would, I had a saying, someday I will report to you. <laughs> <laughs> because I really believe that that's what God ordained me to do. You even start, you would say that way early, right? You were, yeah. you were already oh, yeah, yeah, thinking. Yeah. Right. That's so good. Steve I, I mean, Sellers. I, yeah. You know yeah. who Steve Sellers is? Yeah. Yeah. He was one of those who I said, someday, Steve, I'll report to you. Well, now he's the president of Campus Christian. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I quoted that passage, you know, Paul talks in, in Corinthians. He says, you know, because they were arguing about, Oh, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paulus, and you know, yes. and and he's like, Look, I planted a Paulus watered, but it's God who calls the growth. And you know, we're in in the end, it's God, right? It's his yes. right work. And the, you know, and then Paul changes the analogy and he talks about building the temple and laying a foundation. He saw, he saw, like you, Paul, the same name that uh that that's his calling to lay the foundation and he really wanted to go where no one else had laid one he, that was what right. god had called him to do and i i i think that's um really grasping that is a really important part you know some people ha do have a hard time you you launch something and you put your energy into it and you have to pass it off to someone and they might do it differently right <laughs> you know or they you've got to go okay that's okay if they god's going to use their right. their he's going to lead them just the way he led us to pioneer or to plant lay a foundation so but the foundation the, if we don't hard. if we don't if we believe god's word mm -hmm. then we have to believe all of god's word I will answer. I will put this, I will water. I will see, put the seed and I will make the growth. And that's, he says he would make the growth. Right. But he, don't, he doesn't always do it like we think. And it was amazing. And you have to say, if I believe God is going to do it, then get my hands off it and let him do it. Because he will open the door and he will shut the door. And I have to be willing to allow that to be from his point of view, not mine. Well, that's great. Well, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to need to kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I just, man, I, you, you paved the way and I just, you know, God is still at work and now nationals and you're leading the work there and you you're faithful. And I just, I don't know. I just think of all the people who went before us and, and I just want to thank you for for that and I know that all the other projects and pioneers you're doing and I also I just think what I mean, like I said before it's just incredible work of coming alongside people who have experienced loss of people who've died and so if if other members wanted to connect with you maybe you Pray with them. Maybe they oh, yeah, sure. would love to. We'd love, love to. to. So they would just maybe could email you through your yes. little service email, Paul and Jeannie McKean. And we'll, we'll put that when we post it so they can, <clears throat> they can real 
better post it for us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I just I just think oh what a what a blessing you are. You're a real blessing to us in global service and to the cause of Christ. And I just I just thank you so much. I'm always encouraged. Well, it's all the glory to God. Yeah. It was isn't us, but it's the faithfulness of our Father. Yeah. And I, and I said this before you got on, the world is not worthy of you, but I'm glad that you're here, that God has still has a purpose and a plan for you. Thanks. Thank you for, for the time. I've enjoyed. This has been the Global Service Associates Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Andy McCullough. Our theme song is Lay It Down by Travis and the Ghost. We hope you catch all our episodes so that we can all better connect as members. Thank you. Thank you.